Hello, I'm Mark Petruzzi, host of Selling the Cloud podcast. And I'm Ray Reich, your co-host of the show. We talk to a wide variety of cloud and SaaS industry thought leaders and revenue generation experts who share their unique insight into what is required to build and grow a great business in the cloud. Now on to today's show. today's episode of Selling the Cloud podcast. I'm your host, Mark Petruzzi, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Ray Reich. We're also joined by another friend, Larry Long Jr., who is a chief energy officer and a keynote speaker. Today, we'll be covering three main topics, the sales mindset, how to find it, how to use it, jolting a sales organization, when, why, and when not. And then also we're going to dive into authenticity and grit, key ingredients in sales success. Larry's got a lot to share with us around that, as you can see by his big smile. Larry, please take a moment to give a brief background on you and your journey to now becoming a guest on Selling the Cloud podcast. Well, first, I got to say thank you, Mark. Thank you, Ray, for allowing me to join. I'm ready to sell the cloud. But uh, my journey, just in, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version, moved around a lot as a child, played baseball. Well, actually, baseball played me at University of Maryland. Go Terps. I know I'm in the midst of Big Ten. I did a little bit of research. And I started off my career at Accenture doing IT consulting, wasn't passionate about it, opened an indoor baseball softball academy, ran out of money, got into tech sales, making $150 a day, moved into tech sales leadership. And that's what brings me today where I'm rocking the mic, inspiring, motivating, encouraging, educating, and entertaining sales teams, sales individuals to take their game to that next level. Let's go now. Let's go. You know, Mark and I both have blue Yetis. You have the gold Yeti of all things. I like it. Okay. You know what? Public service announcement to our audience, the energy level might be a little higher today than normal, and we have to credit or blame Larry Long Jr. for that. You better make sure that you have your seatbelts buckled tight when I come in the house. I I don't know how y'all roll, but we're getting after it on this side. Wow, beautiful. All right, so question number one, Mr. Long, how do you find the right mindset as a sales professional for optimal productivity and success? What are you sharing with your clients? How are you bringing that focus to your sales teams that you work with throughout the globe? My belief, and and who knows if I'm right, this is just my two cents. It's not worth a nickel. It starts from inside. It starts with your mindset. And I'm a big believer of taking care of your MBS, your mind, your body, and your soul. So yes, what we do is sales, but in order to be successful in life, this four-letter word we call life, you better make sure that you're good with your family, your friends, your faith, your fitness, your finances, your philanthropy. Are you having fun? And then your career. If you're not balanced across the board in those eight buckets, good luck having success. You might be able to in the short term, but good luck having excellence on the long-term. Number two, who's your A-team? Who's your squad? Who's your coach? And I know we're talking to leaders out there. Who's leading the leader? Who's coaching the coach? Essentially, the best in the business 
had coaches, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, you name it, they all had coaches. I ask you, take a look in the mirror and I challenge you, who's your coach? Are they challenging you to take it to the next level? How are you doing? So I'm a big believer that it starts from within, but then it goes external to who are you surrounding yourself with that's elevating your game? Hey, Larry, let me throw something at you, though, because a lot of times you're an early career sales professionals. It's your first job or you move to a new company and you know how important those first few months are. How do you actually go about finding that balance? Because you've got your ramp period, you've got quota. And by the way, as soon as you hit quota for this quarter, it's what have you done for me lately, buddy? It's next quarter, right? Do you have any techniques or tips on how to find that balance? Yeah, big time, big time. It's running yourself like a business. I mean, I get a paycheck from every company that I worked for before, but I'm still Larry Long Jr. Incorporated. I'm Larry Long Jr. LLC. I've got to identify what are those priorities. So yes, I do have to hit my number if I want to keep the lights on, if I want to stay employed. But I also got to make sure that my health is tight. Am I eating the right foods? Am I getting good enough sleep? Am I moving and exercising? Am I engaging with my family, my friends, those relationships in addition to taking care of business? So I encourage people to do an audit. Number one, what are your priorities? What are your top three priorities out of those eight buckets? Give yourself a grade, a self-evaluation, and then identify one thing that you can do to elevate. If you're a seven, when it comes to fitness, what can you do to be an eight? If you're a, a six, when it comes to your career, and hitting your numbers as an as a early stage sales professional. What can you do? What's that one thing that'll move the needle to get you to that next level? Who's holding you accountable? Who's encouraging you? Who's on your personal board of directors, your professional board of directors? So I encourage folks to take action, but you also have to believe. You have to believe. And, and I call the ABCs action, belief, care self-care and i'll give you a bonus are you dreaming are you dreaming of bigger and better things if you stop dreaming uh-oh houston we got a problem well larry you you blow me away every single time there's so much to unpack with our first three minutes of this this podcast i love mbs uh, i actually can't believe i haven't heard an acronym yet in my life and the things that I do that cover those areas. And I have it. That's simple. It's beautiful. The problem is, so most great companies have an HR department that talks about work-life balance. And however, very few great companies even have a chief revenue officer that talks about that. Chief revenue officer is talking about the numbers. The numbers are all costs. You know, make numbers make money, you know, forget about sleep. Sleep is, sleep is weak, right? I mean, sleep is weak. We don't do that in, in sales. So first off, tell me about how it really pays you back all these things. And especially the soul side, MBNS, the soul, the, the connecting with family, making sure that whatever your religion may be, frankly, even if you don't have a religion, you know, how you leverage the world, how you leverage the universe is all, to me, drives into S. So I'm going to throw you curveballs later. I'm throwing you a slider to start off with. Nice little slider. Take it and run. I love it, Mark. And you said the thing, you said the exact correct thing. Chief revenue officers, VP of sales, they don't care 
about the mind, body, and soul. Like I said before, Houston, we have a problem. If you're a leader, you better care about your people. And I'm a big believer. There's a saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, guess what? We're broken. Look at the average tenure of your sales leaders. How long do they last? So I'm, I'm going to tell you, and you heard it here first with the gold mic, actually two gold mics. If it ain't broke, break it, shake it, flip it upside down. If you're not in the business of people, and I mean your people, elevating them, if you don't understand what drives them, if you don't understand what, what motivates them, what inspires them, what they're driving towards, you're not a leader. I'm just going to put it out there. You might have the title, but you're not a true leader. My question is, what are you doing to invest in your people, their mind, their body, and their soul, in addition to having success professionally, hitting numbers? And I know how it goes. You got the, the VC money, the pressure's on your head, but they're looking at you. They're looking at you as a model of behavior. So I encourage you, take a look in the mirror. What kind of balance do you have? I'm not trying to get in the nitty gritty, but what kind of relationship do you have with your kids, with your spouse, with your friends? Are you having fun? Let's look at the finances. Since we want to talk about numbers, how are you doing for the future? Let's look at your fitness. Are you physically fit? Are you in good shape? Are you healthy? These are things that are so important. Your health is your wealth. You can have all the money in the world. What are you going to do when you're laid up in a hospital bed? I'm just keeping it real with you. So I believe this stuff. I don't just talk it. I try to live it myself. Now, is it tough? For sure. We got to keep the lights on. We've got balancing our priorities. We're trying to juggle a whole lot of things. But I'm a huge believer that as a leader, it's your responsibility to take care of your people and to help elevate them holistically. It's not just what can you do for me in terms of hitting this number. Is that important? Yes. Not going to downplay it. But is it even more important, your people, the relationships they develop, their growth and development? And I think that's why, why we see a lot of things going sideways. What are they calling this right now? The great resignation? I mean, I'm, I'm not a genius. That's why I'm in sales. This ain't rocket science. If it was, I wouldn't stand a chance. But we're in the people business. I'm going to give you a quote. I'm going to drop it like it's hot. I love this quote. Martin Luther King Jr., his quote says, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing to help someone else out? If you ask yourself that every morning and you can provide a great answer at the end of the night, <laughs> job well done. As J.J. Walker would say, dynamite. Okay, good times here. For anybody who doesn't get that, go look up J.J. Walker in good times. Anyhow, let's do a little bit of a pivot here. And because I love about taking care of the whole person, the whole self and leaders, it's your responsibility to make sure that you don't just manage everyone as an individual, but you think about everyone as a whole person. But you talk about if it ain't broke, break it. And I've heard a little bit about this jolting a sales organization. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what jolting is. When do you know to use it? And by the way, when do you maybe not use it? Yeah, there's a time and a place for everything. And Ray, the name of my book, I appreciate you bringing that up. The name of my book is called Jolt. I, I don't know who came up with the title, but I've been known to come in to a sales org and give them that jolt. Now, I'm going to warn you, and I warn everyone that I work with, a jolt is short term. When you get zapped by this lightning that I bring, it's short term. 
If you want it long-term, that's when we start to talk about consistent coaching. That's when we start to talk about, I love sports analogies of getting in with the coach every week to make sure that we're jolted, to make sure that we find our internal jolt so that we don't need the external jolt as much. So essentially the jolt, I need a jolt from time to time. I'm a big believer that sales is tough. Life is a four letter word. Life is tough. I come in to provide inspiration, to provide hope, to share stories and encouragement so that folks can then start to soak it in. It's, it's not osmosis, but they start to soak it in. They start to believe it in their heart. The heart connects to the mind. They start to believe it in their mind. Now, all of a sudden, when they talk, it's not even what they say, but how they say it. And now their actions. I'll give you a quick story. When I was seven, I moved around six or seven. We moved around a lot. Alabama, Illinois, Nebraska, Pennsylvania, you name it. We were all over the U.S. And essentially kids can be cruel. But my mom, we would say our prayer at night. My mom would make me stand up in the middle of the room after our prayer, hold my hands up and say, I am somebody. Ten times. I'm not a math major, but 365 days, ten times. That's a whole lot of I am somebody's. Now you got a little nappy-headed Larry Long Jr., little Larry, walking around with that swagger, talking about I am somebody. People are looking at me like, is this little dude serious? He believes he is somebody. So I encourage all your listeners out there, do what it takes. Go ahead and verbalize that you are somebody. You've got to say it to believe it, and you've got to believe it to step into your greatness. Great stuff, Larry. Well, I'll tell you that mindset, right? You visualize with your mom every day the, the good-looking, articulate Larry Long of 2021. You guys made that. It's visualizing. Well, a sport, I played a number of sports and played a couple, well, one in college and the rest all throughout high school. And baseball, to me, has always been the most visual sport that I've seen, especially hitting the baseball. If you can't see that ball going up the, the alley between left field and center field after that pitch comes in, you're not going to get it there. There's the bat. I love it. So you played Division I baseball at Maryland four years, started as a freshman. Amazing stuff, right? What did that teach you about the power of a team and how does that translate into building a sales organization? How do you really build an effective team? Yeah, I, I love it. So before I get into teamwork, my father ran track at Maryland, go Turks. He was a long jumper, triple jumper. I don't know if you watch the Olympics, but before long jumper, triple jumpers, high jumpers, before they go, they normally start mumbling stuff to themselves. Sometimes they close their eyes and they visualize that's where it started for me, watching my father before he would do his runoff. He would talk to himself. Let's go, Shorty. His nickname was Shorty. He was five foot, five foot eight, and that's rounding up. But to get into <laughs> teamwork, playing baseball university in Maryland in the ACC, I'm dating myself. We were the farthest north team. We were not very good, competing against Florida States, Clemson's, Georgia Techs. But I can tell you that we rallied together and we had a whole lot of fun. And I can tell you that when we upset Florida State at Florida State, whoa, that was a whole lot of fun. Now, sales is the closest thing to having that team sport. And I think you asked, how do you build a successful team? What are your standards? You look at the greatest, Nick Saban, Phil Jackson, they had standards. They had expectations. And it was crystal clear. 
if you're going to be a part of this organization, if you're going to be in my sandbox, this is how we get down. And they essentially, Bill Belichick, he'll cut you in a, doesn't matter if your name is TB12, TB7, whatever your name is, you got to go. Now, that didn't quite work out last year, but hey, he's got a standard. He's got expectations. And it's like, hey, when I'm building my sales org, this is what I'm looking for. I, I can tell you, I look for epic qualities, EPIC, entrepreneurial spirit. I don't know if Allen Iverson is listening, but practice, preparation, planning, and practice, not the game, Allen, internal drive and desire. And then the C's, I'm a quadruple click, communication, curiosity, confidence, say it with your chest, and care. Do you care for yourself? Do you care for others? And do you show that you care? Those are the epic qualities. And then there's some intangibles, I think they call it. Integrity without compromise. Doing the right thing when no one is watching. Are you a team player? Essentially, together, everyone achieves more. I know, I know I'm hokey. People are like, Larry, stop with the, the hokey acronyms. No, can't stop, won't stop. I will not stop because that's been the secret to my success. Don't tell nobody else. And when they say teamwork makes the dream work, Ding, 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 ding. We've got a winner. We've got a winner. Try to do it on your own versus going against a team. When you got a strong team, and I'm an investor, I can tell you one of the things that I got to thank Doug Landis, who's out there in the Bay, for telling me that he looks for the owner who's at the, at the head, but he also looks at the team. Have they been able to rally an all-star A team is so important. So before I, I write that check, before I cut that check, I look at the team. Are those all-stars that I'm ready to roll with? Or do they got me scratching my head saying, what you talking about, Willis? Okay. Different strokes for different folks. Another 1970s referral. Hey, let me ask you this, Larry. I'm going to go back to when we were talking about Joel, you talked about continuous coaching. And when I look at the B2B SaaS cloud industry, it's one of the biggest challenges. We're growing so fast as an industry. We're taking our superstar sales rep and we're promoting him or her to a manager. And being a manager doesn't mean you're a good coach. So here's my question to you. Number one, how do you as a great person just got promoted, become a great coach? And do we need to start thinking about having specialty coaches in the industry? Just like you have a hitting coach and you have a pitching coach, do we need a conversation coach or a closing coach? What do you think? I don't know if we need to break it out in the specialties where you've got your middle reliever, your negotiator who comes in. It sounds all well and good, but there's already enough steps in the process just from what I've observed. Could it work? Possibly. Test it. I say go ahead and test it. But when I think about the top rep being moved into leadership, uh-oh, SpaghettiO, it's kind of like having some of your great Hall of Fame players that move into coaching, and it's a disaster. I can relate. Tom Bradley, love him to death. He was my coach at Maryland. He was the, I know you're out there in San Fran. He was the opening day, day starter for the Giants back in, I think, 1970. I had to fact check it. In the ACC, our pitching staff had the worst ERA. He could do it himself, but being able to coach, being able to lead, guide, inspire others, that wasn't his strong point. He knew what it took for him to be successful, but that wasn't the blueprint for every other individual. It's the same thing in sales. You might be the rock star. You might be able to get it done all alone, but are you able to get the best 
out of each one of your team members? That is the question. Some top performers can. And I believe that training is the key. Working on your craft is the key. Practice is the key. Do you practice empathy? Do you have an open mindset to learning or is it my way or the highway? Work for me and that's what we're going to do. 150 calls. You got to say this script. Ooh, <laughs> that makes me break out just thinking about it. No. So, Larry, it's funny. You, um, you're using some words that are chapters of the book. My book, Selling the Cloud. So I felt these things were, de- were important enough to write entire chapters about them. You know, authenticity, empathy, you know, character. So let's go a little deeper into it. Again, talking about building a team. And, you know, you made the point of a Nick Saban and standards. But I think it's deeper than that. Well, I, I shouldn't say it's deeper. I think this is probably where you were going. His standards were not about and are now not about what your 40-yard dash number is if it's 4.5 or 4.38. I think his standards of a guy like Nick Saban are about what is your character? What is your, your focus on self as compared to your focus on team and helping others? You know, what is your view on empathy, right? What are your view on authenticity? And, you know, I, I mean, I'd love for the three of us to sit down with Nick Saban we would learn more about building a great sales team in that 30 minutes than we would from many of us as, as good as you are, Larry. So let's dive deeper in that. Yeah, I mean, you, you said it. People can smell BS from a mile away. You use the word authenticity. They know whether you truly care about them or not. And I don't know Nick Saban, but I imagine that his expectation is the best out of each individual. I just want you to be the best that you can possibly be. Not the best that he can, you, I'm focused on you as an individual and how can I up-level, how can I challenge, how can I elevate your game to be excellent in terms of your excellence? I'll use an example, Micah Zwirling, one of my baseball teammates. This cat wasn't the most naturally gifted. He wasn't necessarily blessed with just blazing athleticism, just great ability. But what he was blessed with is just an internal burning desire to be the best that he could be, to control what he could control, his hustle, his focus, his staying in the game, his encouraging the team, Hercules, Hercules. So I ask all of our sales teams, all of our sales team members, are you driving? Are you taking action? Do you believe that you can be better? And then what are you doing to get there as a leader? What are you doing to model that behavior for your team? Let's all step our game up and let's do it together. Let's have fun while we do it. When was the last time that the sales team had fun? Hey, we got to hit our numbers. Come on now. I'm not going to run through a wall with that. Show me that you know me. Show me that you care. And I'll go through every barrier to make it happen, coach. So Mark and Larry, I'm going to call BS on this team concept. So like the two of you, athletics were where I've learned my grit, my persistence, hard work. And it was to the team to be the best so we could win as a team. And I've always said revenue generation is a team sport. But I said that to my last CEO 
And he said, hey, you don't have that scoreboard yet up that back in your sales pit that shows who's number one, number two, number three. We actually incent sales teams to compete against each other. Who's number one? Who's number two? So aren't we really telling our sales team they're a team? Are we telling them they're a set of individuals and one's going to be number one and one's going to be number 10? It's both. I mean, you look at baseball. Baseball is a team sport comprised of individuals. Let's keep it real. In the minor leagues, guys are rooting against each other. In the minor leagues, guys are rooting for the big league guys to get hurt because that's how they get to the next step. But a great leader is able to channel each of those internal motivations and, and really facilitate an environment of competition, but also collaboration. Let's go ahead and rise all tides. That's the sign of a good leader. The leaders that kind of just roll with the punches, they've got dysfunction everywhere. You got guys that are just, just sabotaging other guys. They're shaving their bad me, just setting them up, rooting against them, tripping them up. No, let's go ahead and win together and may the best person get that opportunity to move to that next level. So you're entitled to your own opinion. I'm a big believer that individuals coming together, rowing in the same direction, wanting to accomplish greatness together, individually and together, ooh, there's nothing like it. And it's very rare. Think about it. When was the last time, Mark, you were part of a team that really came together driving for the same purpose? Ray, R-squared. When was the last time you were part of an organization that was really driving? I've only seen it a few times in my professional career, as well as in my athletic career. But I can tell you the results. Oh, you just heard the sound. Dynamite. I love it. Larry, I love it. So, you know, to that point as well, Ray, I think Larry's right on it that, you know, it's a little bit of both. It's got to be, you know, life is not just a team sport. And as Larry put it, you have to excel in your own personal life. But it kind of tying it to baseball for me, it's kind of that, you know, when you step up to the plate and you got a man on first and second and the pitcher is struggling and you're playing at Fenway and you know you, you could jack a ball out of the park so easy if you could just turn on this guy and, and frankly hit a fly ball, which is going to fly out over the green monster, do you still put down that sacrifice bunt to get your players down to, to move to second and third for your next player, you know, and yeah, I mean, a, an aggressive, you know, aggressive, confident athlete is going to hate when he gets that sign from the third base coach that man, oh man, I, you know, I got a butt. I mean, I'm this, this pitcher is a mess. He's going to go three and oh with me and he's going to give me a beautiful ball right down the, the middle that's the difference. You need players that, yeah, they want their personal achievement. They need their personal achievement, but they're not going to do it at the expense of the team. You said it 1000% accurately right there. And I think about the Red Sox. I went to minor league spring training back in 2001 with the LA Dodgers and the Boston Red Sox. And they both told me the same thing. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. But you look at some of these great Red Sox teams they were rallying together. And yes, each individual wants to get theirs. I'm, I'm trying to get my shine on. I'm, I'm trying to be Neon Dion. But I'm <laughs> also trying to make sure that I do it within the team, within the framework of the team having success. So the example you gave, I know I've got to get the bunt down. And I'm going to trust my fellow players behind me that they're going to do their job. 
we get them on, we get them over, and we get them in, and then we go ahead and pop that champagne because we're winning the championship. It feels so good. You know, like one quick last item on this one, Ray. I swear there are players that I've seen, you know, foul the first ball off on a bunt because he knows he's going to get one strike now. He's going to get the, the ability to swing. I swear I've seen that in baseball. You know better. But again, it, it all comes down to what we talked about earlier. One, you got to get yourself to a higher level that you would never do that. You may think it for a second, but you never would do it. And then you got to build a team of members who maybe wouldn't even think it compared to go forget about ever doing it. You know, I'm, I'm going to go back to this entire baseball metaphor that we've been running with here, right? So a great baseball player, a hitter, only gets hits three out of 10 times, right? And they're phenomenal. Now let's talk about sales. Sales, right? You're going to hear a lot more no's. You're not going to win 80%. If you bat 300 in sales closing opportunities, which is 30% close rate, you're pretty darn good. So one of the skills or personality traits you need to build is grit. Not to get down when you lose a deal or two. It's what did you learn from that? So, hey, Mary, can you tell me a little bit about grit? And do you think grit is an important thing for a salesperson? And more importantly, are you born with grit or can you really develop develop it even later in life? Yeah, that grit, that mental toughness is one of the most important factors to having success in sales as well as in life. We go through ups and downs, highs and lows, twists and turns. It's can you keep that happy medium? When things are rolling great, do you still grind to get better? When things are going bad and I've had plenty of slumps, are you able to bust out of that slump because you kept that happy medium? To look at golf, Dustin Johnson. You look at Dustin Johnson, you can't tell if he's minus 27 or if he's plus 10. He's calm, cool, and collected. Let's go Ryder Cup team. Let's get that win. Now you asked, are you born? with grit or is it something that can be developed? I'm gonna give you kind of an answer in the middle, both of them. I think that people are born with traits and you have the ability to hone, to improve, to practice and work on that grit. I'll give you an example. This is near and dear. She's in the, in the room right next to me, my wife. My wife's from Argentina. Her mindset generally slants towards the negative. Oh, this is miserable. Woe is me. Being around me, and I think Jim Rohn said it, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. My wife's mindset has shifted and it's been amazing. She's now telling me, hey, Larry, stop having a stank, a couple four-letter words, stop having a stank old attitude. Let's look on the positive side. And I'm like, whoa, who is this mass marauder? So when it comes to grit, and it comes, I don't know who to attribute the quote to, but essentially having success is being able to move from failure to failure without the loss of enthusiasm. I think it might've been Churchill. You have to fact check me, you have to Google it. But essentially, are you able to move from the nose and say, it's high, it's okay. I'm, I'm like an Ann. I think it's, that's what Ted Lasso said. I'm like an Ann, I forgot about it already. I'm on to the next one. I've got a term for it. It's called Fido. That's not the name of my dog. We lost our dog. His name was Shaq. But Fido stands for effort, drive on. That's what I'm looking for. Hey, I struck out my first at bat. Fido, on to the next one. I don't know about you, Mark, but I think we might want to wrap up with Fido. What do you think? You have to. Absolutely. And Ray is our, Larry, Ray is our closer on selling the cloud. 
I would not ever, I don't ever want to pitch the ninth, a ninth inning because Ray is so good at it. So I'm going to hand it to him for his incredible 97 mile an hour fastball. I, I know that's how those Buckeyes get down. I feel you, Ray. We're going to go high and we're going to go hard. So, hey, Larry, thank you. I cannot tell you how much we appreciate having you on Sign the Cloud. Mark, as always, love having you as my co-host and doing this with you. And to our listening audience, if you like the type of energy, content, and guests that we're bringing to the podcast, it would mean the world to us. And this is very authentic and from the heart. You are our show. So please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Go ahead and give us that five-star ranking if you like it. If not, tell us how we can make the show even better. But thank you so much for being our listeners. And Larry and Mark, thank you so much for this high energy, high impact show. Thank you. Appreciate it.